Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, my guest is Cons- Confederacy of Dunks host, uh, my co-host on the WNBA pod, The Pickup, and uh, overall good pal and friend of mine, it's Freddie Rivas. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I wish the Raptors were doing better, but we'll talk about that. Well, we'll get into it. I mean, I have to say, Freddie, I don't know if how much you want people to know this or not, but you grow your own chilies and you make a hot sauce. And every year you name it after a different Raptor. That's right. And this year you went with Pascal Siakam, but you didn't call it Spicy P. You went with Pascalifornia. That's right. I assume um, spicy. It's a, it's a copyright issue. Uh, it probably is a copyright issue. <laughs> um, also, uh, our, our names are always like Raptor themed and we usually have a bunch of inside jokes. Um, but this one was the first time we didn't make up the joke. We just went with um, I don't know if you would remember, but the Raptors at one point like swept the California teams and OG uh you mean a re- to, like a regular season a regular season like we beat the, <laughs> okay. we beat the clippers and we beat the lakers and pascal like went off and then og said um it's not california it's pascalifornia oh that's right it's, it's a response it's a re- response to lebronto <laughs> i and forgot so like, about that so this is actually you know maybe og will come after us because he'll be like that's my i said that you know yeah, but then he'll taste the hot sauce. He'll be like, never mind. And he'll be like, yeah, the hot sauce is sick. Thank you very much. It's really good. I, um, I'm i not ashamed to admit this. I made some mac and cheese yesterday. I I did like a like the white cheddar. I went mm-hmm. white cheddar. Oh, yeah. And uh, and had your hot sauce with it and uh, the past California. And it was very good. Thank you. We're very proud of the sauce, you know, <laughs> we're doing Pascal right. We, we picked the name before Pascal got injured, but we also picked the name before the season started. So there you um, go. What are you going to do? It feels good, though. Like, you know, this is his year uh, and he's been amazing. And it's it's Pascal California now. It's not California. Love it. I absolutely love it. And that's such a great name. I uh, OK, we got a lot to get into. We usually yeah. do, you know, NBA stuff here first and then we get into Raptors and then we always end with my Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week which this week you know hasn't been his hottest week let's be real but no, it has not. We'll, we'll get into all of it uh, it's been a minute since I've done uh, an episode just a lot of life has happened a lot of craziness but we're here we made it we're alive and so I haven't had the chance to comment on everything that happened with the Nets and believe me I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because I think we're all exhausted but literally steve nash got fired when i was recording my last episode and uh i just want to say 
I've never seen someone get fired and win so hard simultaneously mm-hmm. at the same time. Like he is the real winner out of all that chaos. Um, I don't believe Kyrie's apology at all. At all. I think he's fake as hell. <laughs> I don't need to get into that any further. Um, I think Kevin Durant needs new friends. That's probably my, my spicier take out of all of it. Uh, he needs new friends. He just needs new friends. And uh, I'm really glad they hired Jacques Vaughn for the job. Uh, I think he earned it. I think he actually earned it before when um, Kenny Atkinson was fired. Mm-hmm. And he was the interim coach then. And the Nets were doing good under him before the season shut down with the pandemic. And then they were in the bubble with him and he kind of got them to a playoff spot. And then they were then swept by our Raptors. But I was kind of surprised he didn't get the job when Steve Nash came in in the first place. So I feel like that was actually the right move by them. Pretty much the only right move they've done in some time. But, you know, happy for Jacques Vaughn. Uh, really enjoyed the memes of him aging rapidly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> but I am still happy that he has the job. And I feel like, you know, it was one of those in spite of, in spite of themselves, they ended up making the right decision because apparently yes. the, the NBA had to interfere to be like, you can't hire uh, Ime Udoka. Like, don't do it. And they were like, fine. Yeah, I mean, I if they did, I probably would have had a whole hour on it, to be honest. Like, I was ready to rip into that so hard. But I wanted to wait to make sure if, if it was going to actually happen or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't want to, like, talk about something that was only, like, speculative. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like it would it kind of ruins the integrity of the league and it ruins the integrity of what it means to have a suspension um, if you're just going to let the guy not serve the suspension by way of just going to another team. And I know it's like a team suspension and not like a league thing, but it it just makes sense that they would work together on that. You know what I mean? No, I hear you. Yeah. It definitely like undermines the accountability that you're attempting to convey Mm -hmm. or or that you're attempting to like, you know, portray. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. So that's all. I mean, again, I could have gone on and on and on about that forever, but I didn't get the chance and now I've got it off my chest just a little bit. Uh, We'll see how things unfold. I'm sure there'll be more to say about that team as uh, the season goes on. It's only mid-November and they've already caused, I think, more drama than maybe any NBA team ever. Like, I mean, it was pretty up there with like the Donald Sterling scenario and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it was truly one of the most dramatic things we've seen a team go through in, in quite some time and possibly ever. And it's, it's definitely part of a saga too. Uh, Let me just, let me start this hashtag right here. Uh, um, Bring the Nets back to New Jersey. Um, (laughs) It's it's time. It's a really long hashtag. Yeah. There's no short abbreviation of it. Um, yeah, maybe just uh, uh, net nets in New Jersey. Nets in nets in New Jersey. Yeah. Do you think they call it NJ? Or how about wait back to Jersey? <laughs> back to Jersey. Ba- hashtag is. back to Jersey. Yeah, that has a nice Bon Jovi vibe to it. Yeah. I feel they're from New Jersey, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I know too much about that band for a genre of music. I don't listen to <laughs> even the fact that you said they're from New Jersey. I just assumed Bon Jovi was the guy. 
um, and then that's it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's got band members, right? Yeah, he's got to. He's got it. Okay. We've got other NBA topics. Uh, City jerseys were out. They came out late this week. Freddie, are you like, how much are you into the city jerseys? First of all, like just in general, I got to be perfectly honest with you that, you know, the shoe game, I'm not great on the Jersey game. I'm really not great on. I am definitely not someone who is like waiting for the for the city jerseys or cares right a lot about them um you know sometimes when someone says like oh that jersey's like horrible i try and blend in and be like yeah yeah that sucks um <laughs> but for the most part i don't have good fashion so it's you're I mean, a free t-shirt guy I'm a free t-shirt I've guy. known you for, I want to say, quite some time. Oh, you know, yeah. I've known you for a few years. Mm-hmm. And for sure, every free t-shirt you get, you wear. That's right. Uh, I'll say this. <laughs> I definitely like, uh, I, have a, I have a belief about sports jerseys uh, in that they are supposed to be extremely bright and extremely tacky. Um, so I think that that's where my... That, you know, I, I grew up being a soccer fan and basketball fan. So uh, mm-hmm. I like really tacky, bright jerseys. So if something's trying to be cool, uh, I don't like it. So you really don't like the Toronto black and gold situation? Black and gold. It's funny. I don't mind that as much as I, as you would think. But uh, I, I don't really like gold uh, as a Raptor fan. I feel like that is the color of the Lakers. And we, okay. need back, we need to back off. All right. Wow. That, that's what, like, they yeah. just own gold so hard. They're gold. The Celtics are green. Don't do it. You yeah. I mean? Like I like Detroit has a green jersey. Yeah. They this, got, the they got their teal thing. thing. No, you know? but it's like, no, no, no. But in sorry, in the city jersey. Oh, in the city. Yeah. It's it's a Celtics green jersey. And it says Detroit, and then it's and then yeah, it, it's got it a little doing? bit of blue in it, which is different. But it to me, it looks too much like the Celtics. I mean, I'm looking at all the jerseys now. the The Warriors one is like got a big flower. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll say this: I like the Houston jerseys because they're a full throwback. Yeah, I like when they're a throwback jersey with just like a bit of a twist. That yeah. is when I think the city jerseys are really successful. But um, like the Charlotte jersey just says CLT yeah, which is on no- it, which is just a, a trip straight back to Cream City. You know what I mean? Like, no. And isn't that like the acronym for their airport? Like what's going on? I um, mean, maybe um, allegedly like the, the Portland, the Portland Trailblazers, which also just says PDX on it, has a pattern on it and it matches the pattern of their airport carpet. And see, this is a weird thing, because in Toronto, we are not that level of nostalgic for our airport. Like sometimes you'll see people with like some YYZ stuff, which is cute, but we're not like, wow, Pearson Airport carpet bring it i couldn't tell you what the carpet looks like is there carpet i have no idea like we're just not that like close to our airport like that maybe it's Mm -hmm. just because we have so much more going on that we would never reference our airport like that but i just found that to be um a bit odd yeah usually you know when i compare airports my main thing with toronto is like why are so many american cities like why do you have free wi-fi and in toronto you don't pisses me off oh damn um yeah that that is annoying 
I um I will say jerseys I like in this. I like the Spurs jersey. I really yep. love that like '90s teal color. It kind of mm-hmm. it reminds me of like the Memphis Grizzlies jersey. Um, I really love that, and I, I like actually Washington. you like Washington. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, like pink. Washington because it's pink. It's nice. Um, I think that's cool. It's not a throwback per se, but uh, you know they're kind of. I feel like that out of all the teams that are like really going for something there. Um, so that's cute. And this might be controversial because we are Raptors Republic, but I really do like the Philadelphia 76er city Jersey. I like mm-hmm. that. It says the city of brotherly love yeah, that's on the cool. front and in that font, it feels like it feels like a classic. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's like it's a, it's a that's a nod to your city. Like, why don't the Raptors have like the big smoke and like some guy blowing a weed cloud? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's like, like let's have some fun. <laughs> but our, our our city jerseys are basically. I don't know, honestly, Freddie. I feel like that would be like what Vancouver should do if they get a team again, Fair. or Fair. like B- if we get BC a team in Montreal, it. then it's just like a smoked meat situation on the front. Of the yeah, smoked meat. That'd be don't good. put us in charge of the jerseys. It's just we'll done. Destroy them. We will destroy it's them. Somebody I'll taking s- a bite of a sandwich and there's like mustard dripping down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our city jerseys, the black and gold, are like, don't we already have those? Isn't that Drake Knight? Isn't that the OVO jerseys? Um, like they seem like the exact same. Well, they did a city jersey of the same color palette last year, but the design I think also included the Raptor. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure, but um, I will say that I am also like not big into jerseys. I just feel like they don't flatter my figure. But what I have been campaigning for over the years is to bring back the jersey dress. Like if this Toronto black and gold jersey was also a dress, I would buy that. I would spend $200 on it. I would buy that jersey dress. Wow. Some algorithm is listening to you right now. and They should. Because I mean, how like smart, a, they'll make it available. Yeah. And, and it needs to be extra long because I'm tall. I don't want some jersey dress cutting me off like mid calf or something mm-hmm. you know i'm not gonna buy that you gotta make it nice and long uh a bit of a slit nothing too daring but just make sure, sure. i can i need to walk yep you know you wear it around wear it with some cute sneakers i would rock that look so hard and i think a lot of fans would like a lot of female fans would would rock that do it Enough's what enough. do you mean do it just make it i mean i'm like like i'm time i'm speaking to the algorithm i guess oh. like, like <laughs> Catherine, I, I, i'm not speaking to you anymore i'm just speaking directly to to the algorithm we know you're listening make this um and uh make Catherine happy she needs to strut around in a, yeah. a raptors jersey dress yeah so those are my favorites uh the spurs and the 76ers i want the toronto dress to happen and um the rest are pretty mediocre to me um but you know if you're listening let us know what you think i'm very curious uh Mm -hmm. to know if other people feel the same or not or just how you feel about them in general like does it cheapen like the whole concept of buying a jersey if you know you have to buy a new one every year kind of thing you know yeah i think that 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 sort of uh confuses me like the the 
how saturated the Jersey like market is now. It's like, I think, you know, yeah. I mean, like in, in my time of being like a, like a hardcore Raptor fan, it went from there being like, you know, the odd special Jersey to, to it being like, you know, like, I don't know how many different jerseys the Raptors wear a year, but I feel like the number grows every year. And I, I mean, I guess I get it. You know, the Mitchell and Ness hat thing for the Jays and the Raptors, they're basically like, let's make infinite designs so people can just, you know, customize it in whatever way they want. But uh, it's hard for me to have like a strict opinion on my, my favorite jersey, if that makes sense. Fair. Fair. Um, yeah, I also want to talk about the Utah Jazz because they are killing it right now. They're 10 and four. They are number one in the West. And I I think at first people were kind of like, oh, OK, that's weird. Ha ha. You know, another cute story kind of team. Mm-hmm. But it's looking more and more that this is more than just a cute story. And this team might be for real. Yeah. I mean, they seem like, uh, you know, I haven't been able to consume much jazz. Um, but, you know, you if you look through the roster, like they have, they have players, like they have a lot of like for real guys. Um, and, you know, one thing I was, uh, you know, like an interesting point I heard on the low post was just sort of that, like how their particular skill sets have been, have been weaponized, you know, the, the, the shooting and kind of like the all out floor spacing. Uh, I also don't know that much about this, this coach, but he seems pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'm still, I don't know if this is, is wrong, but I, I think I'm still in the doubting camp. Okay. Uh, I'm just I'm I keep thinking back to the Washington Wizards start last year and, you know, the Wizards were first in the East for a little bit. And I know 14 games is like bigger is a decent sample size. But uh, yeah, I I think I feel like I I could say that they don't they don't suck like they're not not they're not a full on tanking team. You know, I I thought they were. I, you know, I'll put my hand up. We all like, did. Yeah, all I thought did. I thought they were. I kept saying at the beginning of the year, I thought it was wild that we were going to see the Jazz and the Spurs tank because I, I've never seen that. As long as I've been a basketball fan, I've never seen the Pacers, uh, Jazz or Spurs like these franchises that always prioritize being like pretty good. I've never seen them bottom out, and I guess I never will. Because those teams, they just have such a good foundation that it doesn't seem like they can be absolutely like abjectly bad. But yeah, I mean that's not even the conversation. They they are good. They are winning games. They're they're beating good teams. You know. Yeah, I think what makes them different from the Washington situation last season is they are beating good teams, and they've actually won a lot of their games on the road. Um, I have wait, I do have that in front of me. Where do I have it? I, uh, they won against Denver. They've won against the New Orleans. They've won against, well, uh, it's debatable if Minnesota's a quote-unquote good team. Uh, they've beat the Clippers. Um, they've beat the Lakers twice. And they've beaten the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, that's a lot of tough competition in the West. Um, also here, like, um, Lori Marketing and Jordan Clarkson are having career years. They're both averaging career highs and points. And Mike Conley, who I think people kind of considered to be 
sort of washed up is still consistent in his uh, average in assists from last year. And I think what makes this so like unusual and so precedented is that they have a total of 10 new players on their roster, plus a new coach. And usually you don't see something like that come together and they win games right away. Yeah, I mean that's sort of why I, I you know I keep looking at this team and I and it's it's I it's I find it more and more confusing. So like you know let's say you know Larry Markkinen's age twenty five. Okay, let's say mm-hmm. he figured it all out. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, you know, new role, uh, and he's like, hey, I can do more than just you know score off the bench. Uh, I'm an efficient scorer. I can also pass the ball. Mike Conley is like a seasoned vet. He's running the show. Uh, Kelly Olenek, good journeyman. Uh, Colin Sexton, straight up a good player who I think people forgot about. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're. I think teams. I think it's a mix of mixture of teams are us underestimating them, and I do think that they're hot. Yeah, they're hot, and I think they're you know they're riding on good vibes. You know, it's funny because you said they remind you of um, the Washington Wizards last year. They mm-hmm. kind of remind me of the Chicago Bulls last year. Mm-hmm. Not that the Bulls had such a hot start like this, but everyone was like, "Wow, the Bulls are better than we thought," and yeah. they kind of stayed that way for most of the season. They did teeter off towards the end. They did have some injury issues, and then they were a first round exit. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if this Utah Jazz had a similar fate. But I think they're going to be a bit more of a success story than the Chicago Bulls were. And I think their coach, first-year coach, Will Hardy, uh, who's a bit of a cutie, by the way, um, oh, I think he's going to be a very early Coach of the Year candidate. I mean, if he's coaching this roster... Uh, I mean, no, no coach ever wins. I think, I think like if the Utah Jazz, he end, a lot of love. I think if they, if the Utah Jazz end up in the top six in the West, so like right now they're first. If they end up somewhere in the top six in the West at the end of the season, I think he's going to win Coach of the Year. Because this was in it. everyone's estimation a lottery team. And, oh, and fully, I think, yeah. yeah, and I think they will end up in the playoffs. And, I would not be surprised if they skipped the play in altogether. I just, I just felt like I had to bring them up because to me, they are like the, you know, positive story of the year so far. Yeah. They're definitely the, like, I I would say like them and the Lakers are, I mean, depending on how surprising you think it is that the Lakers are bad. I would say those are like the polar (laughs) opposites of like the good year, bad year, like sort of, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting the Lakers to be this bad. And I, I think people were definitely not expecting the jazz to be this good. And, you know, if you look at the East, there's not a lot of surprises. Like it pretty yeah, quickly, it seems like it's rounding into form. Um, well, I think yeah, the, it's, um, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, in the East, not that I'm prepared to deep dive into it too much yet. It might be a topic I do for my next episode, but the Miami Heat are like 12th in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won their last two, but that is a team that I thought would be higher up in the mix. I'm pretty surprised by that, but I haven't followed them enough to know why that is the case so that's like a deep dive i'm gonna have to do this week but you're right other than that i would say and the wizards are fifth yeah well i was gonna say the the, the fifth to twelfth is a one game difference 
Right. So so maybe that's know. not the most surprising thing right now, uh, this early in the season. But you're right. The the East is going more or less as planned, but the West has been, uh, as far as the standings go, a bit more volatile. Um, speaking of the West, this is a topic I wanted to bring up with you. And this is like me going real hot takes, hot okay, takes here. Got, let's do it. And that is, you know, I, I've noticed there's been a lot of, there's way too much Laker talk for a team that's so bad. Of course. Um, but I understand it. They are the Lakers and they have LeBron and blah, blah, blah. And people are getting into the, like, should they trade Anthony Davis conversations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think there is another LA team we need to talk about. And that is the Clippers. And I feel like not enough people are talking about Kawhi and should they trade Kawhi? I know that feels crazy, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like there's a legitimate case for the Clippers to move on from Kawhi Leonard. Do you want me to make that case before you dive in? I think, yeah, definitely, definitely make that case because I feel like that is like, especially for you, that is like yeah. pretty. In, that's intense hot take territory. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I feel like you're generally pretty reasonable, and mm-hmm. I actually, yeah. Sorry, I'm not. I am no, pretty please, reasonable. Please, you, you, you do your thing. No, tell I, me who I am first. No, I, okay. <laughs> yeah, can I mansplain for a bit before you finish your point? <laughs> okay, this is why I say this. Um, the Clippers, you know, Kawhi Leonard is out indefinitely again. Um, he's working his way back to recover. Um, he's recovering from knee surgery. Um, I feel that, uh, the Clippers have been a little, um, sorry, just to be more specific, it's his ACL, but, um, I, I just feel like the Clippers are a little, how can I say this? Um, vague when they speak about him and his injuries Mm -hmm. and that's always a bad sign and i think you know the last team that i recall doing that was uh the pelicans with zion right like they were always like yeah like he's gonna be back he's gonna be back then the next thing you know he's out for the whole season and he hasn't been healthy in several years now Right. Like literally the bubble. So 2020 was the last time we really saw Kawhi at the level of health that we have, you know, we've come to accept him as of late. And I think they're at a point now where they are wasting Paul George's prime and they're wasting the prime of their rest of their supporting cast, like Randy Jackson and all those guys. And it's like, how long are you going to wait for him to be healthy and i question because he's been through so much when it comes to injuries can he be a number one guy on a championship team anymore i haven't seen someone this injured and and i consider him at this point he's been more injured than even kevin durant but i think kevin durant his bounce back he's a bit of a unicorn frankly you know, I, I just don't know if he can be a number one on a championship team anymore. And I don't love that because I think we all do hold Kawhi in a special place as Raptors mm-hmm. fans. But uh, it's just like you don't the windows closing. And you have Paul George and you have a decent team. How long are you going to wait? Yeah, so I feel like, okay, 
just coming in with my sort of like take on the trade Kawhi thing, like I feel like, you know, you, you've I'm signed the up. only one saying this. I'm very aware of that. Hey, that's okay. Because like I, I have like a, okay. I have like a, a, a part of me that disagrees with you and a part of me that agrees with you. And like, there's a, there's a middle spot there. So the disagreement mm. part is that I think you're the Clippers. You've committed to Kawhi. In, in all that means, which is sort of like the potential superstar, but also the person who kind of decides when he plays and how he plays. And, you know, I mean, Kawhi is like one of the most unique players uh, in NBA history, you know, and I think in this kind of like player empowerment era, um, which I feel like we're both fans of, you know, we know the sort of, I guess like the, the, the Kawhi narratives, you know, starting from San Antonio, right. He, they had their doctors. He had his people. They disagreed. He sat out, you know, comes to the Raptors. We kind of let him do his thing. Load manage. He leaves it all on the line, wins us a championship. And I think if you're Steve Ballmer and you know, you, you, you got Kawhi and then you went out and got PG like, this is your plan. This is what you're committing to. And he missed an entire year last year and has come back and played only two games. I feel like you don't really have an option, like any other option. Like, I mean, if you were to trade Kawhi, like hypothetically, I think like every team would be interested uh-huh. just because of who Kawhi is. Um, so the part that I think you kind of stay the course in that regard. Now, where I feel like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is like also like coming from a similar place to where you're coming from. But I, I, I said a bunch of times, like on my podcast and other people's podcasts, I, I thought the Clippers were the most overhyped team uh, and, and the Nets coming into the year for different reasons. I feel like the Clippers depth is really, really overstated. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not. I'm not scared of uh, Morris. I'm not scared of Batum. Uh, I, I think Jackson's pretty good. Uh, Zubats is also good. George is good. Powell's good. You know, there there's a good group there. I love Tyloo, but the way the Clippers were talked about, I feel like was sort of. I never really understood how people put them in the same campus, like the Nuggets, the Suns. Um, you know, uh, obviously the Warriors, uh, the Grizzlies, like I didn't really get that. Like, I feel like even though Kawhi is super injured, like are people actually expecting a fully healthy season from Paul George? I'm not. Uh And, you know, I'm not rooting for any injuries or anything like that, obviously. But similar to like, you know, KD, like you brought up, I just don't see where, where, with where those players are at in their career, I feel like expecting like Giannis level production in the regular season is, is you're fooling yourself a little bit or like Luca level production, even Steph level production. I think they're ringers who you want, you know, to be ready for the playoffs. So anyways, that's very long winded. I do think where I feel like I love your impulse is that you're questioning the Clippers. And I Mm -hmm. think people are sort of in this spot where they just keep reading that team on paper and being like, yeah, contender and you know i don't i don't get that right so i mean i think you know you're really talking about expectations which i love and 
yeah, maybe we're at a point where like we shouldn't be having championship expectations for them, but maybe in a roundabout way, we're kind of saying the same thing. Like this team wants to win a championship. We don't think that they're there, but what are they going to do about it? You know? And I just Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, maybe it's not trade Kawhi. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but it's, Waiting for Kawhi, I don't think. I mean, is we're the messing an- around, you know. It's hot yeah, takes. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I and I preface this with this is a very hot take. Yeah. But I, you know, I think waiting for Kawhi, I just don't think is the answer anymore, and that sucks. Like the amount of injuries he's been through, when you really think about it, is heartbreaking. When we see the yeah. kind of player he he was or slash is. You know, and if he were like if he had a healthier career, I mean, he would be in all kinds of goat conversations, Yeah, you know, as he was, you know, after the Raptors won their championship. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he was in a lot of goat conversations then and he would still be in those conversations. So, you know, I'm definitely not rooting against him or anything, but I'm just flagging it as an observer of the NBA and asking myself, how long is this team going to wait? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good question when we talk about sort of like the best players in the NBA. Like, where are they at exactly as far as like, you know, there's sort of the regular season MVP style juggernauts. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people who can be the best player in a playoff series. Mm -hmm. And I think with the Clippers, the conversation, you know, is was sort of glossed over, uh, in, in my opinion, like the idea, like, wait a second, like how can this team be a top team without Kawhi playing like, like, you know, at least half the games. Um, And why are we assuming that he will play half the games? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if like we're at the point where, you know, when we had him, it was like just making sure he's fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't know if he's at a point where he could do a playoff run like that anymore right and we've seen him get injured in the playoffs since Mm -hmm. so it's like you know i think he would have to rest even in a playoff series if he were healthy then right like i think you know you'd have to rest him for like a game two or a game four uh, of a series i just I don't think it, you could push him through a whole thing or maybe you rest him for like a first round, but not the second round. I don't know how, you know, how one would gauge that. It's a pretty unique scenario, but I just, yeah. I, yeah, but I just don't think he, he can do that anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, we haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like as coming from a Raptor perspective, I think, you know, Kawhi has definitely made me feel like, like he can do anything. So like, Mm. it's possible, but also, you know, uh, this is a Raptors podcast. So I feel like I, you know, (laughs) I'll never, I'll never skip an opportunity to be like the, the way the rap that Raptors team was talked about, um, you know, whatever, we got a championship where, you know, there's no reason to be bitter, but it was just so one note. And it was like, Kawhi did everything. And, you know, there's no acknowledgement that it was a 59 win team that was absolutely stacked. Uh, and, and, you know, was the second best team in the NBA in terms of record. Um, and Kawhi fit perfectly in and sat like 22 games. And, you know, if Kawhi played, yeah, if if Kawhi sat ten games instead of twenty two, that Raptors team has the best record in the NBA. 
So I think, you yeah. know, it, there's just, I, I feel like, you know, we see it all the time in the NBA. People are scapegoated or they're like caped and there's not a lot of in between. It's like, this guy's a hero and he did everything by himself or this person is the entire reason why this team is bad. Well, I hope I'm not giving that impression. Oh no, I'm not. I'm I'm just saying, like in in general, like that. Like that's there's not a lot of nuance in the Kawhi conversation, right? But I think you and I are bringing nuance to the Kawhi oh, conversation, big, big time. We're, I, we're talking about uh, something I don't feel like people like to talk about. That's that's where I'm coming. We're we're we're, we're I think we're talking about you know the reality of Kawhi, and I think a lot of people just like to imagine, you know, the the perfect version of Kawhi. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, I don't want people to think I'm just a Kawhi hater straight up. Like, I no. I loved him when he was with our team. I'll go so far as to say if he was able to play a full healthy season with us or like you said, like, you know, miss like sitting out on like 10 games instead of like 20. What was it? 20? I, th- I think it was 22 games. he missed. Yeah, let's like that, say yeah. 22 games. I think he would have been more in the regular season MVP conversation. Oh, for sure. To be honest, totally. right? Like, yeah. I think that's the only reason he was left out because people didn't know how to feel about the whole load management mm-hmm. thing. And then if he did re-up with us for one more year, I absolutely think we would have won that bubble championship. There's oh, no doubt totally. in my mind about that. I think we would have beat Same. that Lakers team for sure. And that yeah. Miami team and, you know, all of it. But, um, yeah, with that being said, it's just something I've kept my eye on. I just – the the amount of Lakers dialogue over other teams kind of annoys me. And I've just been looking at this Clippers team like I feel like they're not saying everything about Kawhi's injury status. And I think they're deliberately keeping it vague. And that is always a very bad sign. Now, with everything I've said, I will end this part by saying I would love to be wrong. This is one of those topics where I came in with a huge hot take. And if I am wrong about it, I will be so glad that I'm wrong. So please uh, caution with your hate (laughs) towards me. But um, but yeah, I just felt like it was worth discussing. So thank you. Yeah, we're team we're team streetlights, not team spotlights. So <laughs> we, you know, we obviously want the, the the you know I I I think like you know any any whatever like commenter or, or fan that assumes um, you know uh, like people like us aren't wanting full health. I feel like you're you're missing the point because everyone wants this, every player to be like as healthy as possible. But you know, some players are injury prone or whatever. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. Freddie, it you know we've had better weeks as Raptors fans. We sure have. Um, we've Speaking been of injuries. We've been through a lot. We've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, you know, I I'm definitely not worried about this team. Uh, I know you're not going to be worried because you're generally way more optimistic about the Raptors than even I usually am. But Mm -hmm. I think this is just, you know, it's a long season. And I think this is just one of those slumps that you go through. And I'm not a I'm not a panic fan. I feel like there's a segment of Raptors fans that are panic fans. Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those. Um, I will say, though, when you see um, like I think that Pacers game 
they were just exhausted, truly exhausted, yeah. just spent at the end there. And that is what it is in a back to back when you're shorthanded. But I think like, you know, I don't know how injured or ill people were during the OKC game, mm -hmm. but that game was a bit disappointing. And again, like, you know, I'm putting an asterisk on that because I just don't know to what degree everyone was truly able to be there or not. But, you know, there's just been a few games this season where I've kind of questioned, I hate to say this, but possibly questioned the effort. I, I really am thinking about that Philadelphia game, mm -hmm. but there's been a few where it's like, oh, we're just like not coming out of the gate strong. Yeah. And it's not, again, I'm not worried, but it's something I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, I feel like I'm a bit more worried than I usually am. Mm. And uh, I feel like I'm definitely, you know, okay. There's, there's, there's the like kind of like the valid excuses going on. Right. Which is mm -hmm. uh, maybe the whole team's sick with something. Uh, our best two players are injured. Uh, you know, one of our most important uh, and potential breakout players, Precious, is injured. Uh -huh. uh, Birch hasn't been healthy. Boucher started the season injured. So did Otto. Um, all of that is Scotty nursing an ankle thing. Uh, I do still feel like we're in this kind of like unfortunate stretch that maybe is good for development. You know, I'm sure I'm uh -huh. sure it is. Scotty's getting a lot of point guard reps. Um, OG is like, you know, really just playing like marvelously. Uh, Boucher is incredible. Lots of good things are happening. I think within this, this, like, uh, you know, like, I guess poor stretch of games, right? You know, we lose to Chicago, then we barely beat Houston. Um, then we, yeah, we get blown out by OKC and have a heartbreaker in Indiana. Like it's all kind of not great. Um, one thing I've been thinking about a little bit and, you know, a friend of ours helps us with the WNBA uh, or WNBA pod, uh, Dan Gallia. He brought up a point that I guess I hadn't really articulated in my head and I want to give him credit for it. But, uh, you, know, you know, I'm not like a big analytics guy, but I wonder, you know, what what the numbers say on teams that are, you know, if your identity is being really aggressive on defense. Mm hmm. Are you more injury prone? Are your mm. players kind of like more beat up? Or do they have these games where they just don't have it because you're asking them to do a lot all of the time? And then if you combine that with really heavy minutes for the key guys and, you know, sometimes bench guys sort of get it like being in and out of Nick's doghouse, like what what's the result? there and you know i think big picture i'm not worried big picture i feel like i'm with you where i still have this raptors team you know i had them third in the east 54 wins i still have them as like a 50 win team i think they're great i think they're really deep too but yeah i i think that um i don't know even even the the teams that are not that whatever like not expected to be good they still got a lot of players like indiana's got a lot of talent so does OKC. Um, well, and, I mean, that's yeah. a fascinating, that's a really great point. I don't know how one would get stats on that because it's not really an advanced analytic, but it's more of a study. 
Yes, I think you know so. what I mean? Like, it, it's not something that you could just basketball reference, but that is really interesting. And I think as sports science continues to evolve, we'll start to learn about that more and more. Like, it's a bit more of a I don't want to say it's a philosophical thing because there's a real physicality thing to it, too. But it's a really good point. And, you know, I mean, like it kind of reminds me of Tibbs, like Tom Thibodeau had, you know, especially when he was in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he had a reputation of like really like basically running his guys into the ground and he got a lot of backlash for it, too. And I, you know, I don't think Nick Nurse is on that level. Um, but I, you know, these swarming defenses, how much energy does that take out of a player? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that, um, that if it was really a concern, someone would say something Mm -hmm. like if, like if someone was like, look, like our guys are getting beat up. Like we legit can't keep up with this, that like Alex McKechnie or somebody would say something and that would be a conversation I would hope. But I mean, it's definitely I do think that's a very intriguing point and it's something to keep our eye on. Um, I want to pull up a little quote here from Thad Young on um, Will Lou. Shout out to Will Lou. He posted this on Twitter earlier today. But Thad Young was speaking about Scotty Barnes. You know, we talk about going through a bit of a slump. He refers to it in this tweet as going through a sophomore slump. But I don't know if that's his words or Thad's words, just in okay. the tweet, just prefacing that. But sure. he says, uh, Scotty puts a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on his shoulders. Sometimes that can be your biggest killer, but I love that about him. It's only going to make him into a better player. And I think that speaks a lot to your point earlier about this being like, yes, we're struggling, but it's also like a good development thing, too. Yeah. And I think that is kind of what Scotty's going through right now. Um, aside from possibly nursing a bit of a injury at the moment. Yeah. I think, you know, we're starting to uh, hit that point that I, I, you know, I, it, there was so much conversation in, in the, you know, as soon as we got Scotty, right. But like, I feel like throughout last year um, and then into the summer, it was kind of like, there was this assumption that Scotty was at like worst for a lot of people, um, the second best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of kept coming from this angle. It's like, listen, I, I, I'm so high on Scotty. I think he's a superstar. But, like, first of all, he's nowhere near Pascal. Second of all, um, he's nowhere near Fred. Third of all, if you really want to get into it, like, and, you know, I, 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 a lot of people who know more about basketball than I do or smarter people than I are, are in the camp of, you know, like, he's definitively better than OG. But, like, I, I just i have never seen that. I think he's sort of like squarely the fourth best player on the team. And I don't really think, you know, he's better than OG. Um, Not that, you know, that matters particularly that much, but I feel like as far as the pressure that, you know, he's putting on himself uh, is it's kind of tied to fan expectations and things like what Pascal does on offense, what Fred does on offense shifting the defense, moving people around, running plays. Like there's a big difference between, um, you know, having like the kind of like the Google eyes and, you know, having, you know, the baseball passes and, you know, just running fast breaks in, in a really creative way and getting everyone involved in, in a, in sort of like a game management sense. And I think that these are reps for Scotty, but also I, I feel like, I'm worried that fan. I don't want fans to turn on him because I know Raptors fans 
will do that from time it's to time. Fans, the it's a panic fan. It's a panic fan thing. And, and I hope that people understand that just because Scotty, you know, might not be the like the, the wild phenom that they were expecting in his second year in the NBA. You know, there was conversations like from a lot of fans about him being like a like a like a surefire all star and an all NBA player sort of thing in a second year. And I almost felt like I was getting into this camp of being like a Scotty hater because I was like that. I, I don't see how that happens. But also, yeah, I, I really hope that people don't swing back too far because he is a very special player. And all of these moments for him right now are going to benefit the team long term. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's only his second year in the league. Like, yeah, yeah. Give the guy a minute, you know. Totally, he's like, awesome. A lot of these guys take a few years to become like truly on that, like, you know, who's the best in the league, who's your top ten in the league kind of status. Like, yeah, no one's that like year one, year two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, let's give the let's give him some time. I agree. He probably is currently, as of this recording, the fourth best player on the team and you know you talk about him putting that kind of pressure on himself because of like fan expectation but i which is real but i really hope that he's putting it on himself because he really wants to be that guy that is my hope and that 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 it's far more motivated by that than any expectations that are on him um but i mean we'll see i guess I mean, it seems like he has a great head on his shoulders and I feel like, you know, he's he's fun. He's cool. I just, you know, I always get scared when the the fickle parts of the fan base sort of someone's not progressing in the way that they expect and they don't appreciate what they have. And, you know, at some point, Scotty will not have like, you know, a, a straight upward trajectory. And is going to face some of that. But to your point, you know, he's clearly gotten where he's gotten, you know, not by just riding the highs and the lows of fans. Like he works really hard. And like, you know, even his improvement from three, you can tell he's put in a lot of work in the summer. So, you know, uh, let me just say this. I'm not worried about Scotty. (laughs) And neither am I. Absolutely not. I think we just got to get through this slump, get our guys healthy again pick up where we were because when we are healthy and things are in synergy my god we look great yeah we really do um i want to talk a little bit about nick nurse outside of my hottie highlight because right before um precious achua got injured he was calling him out in Mm -hmm. the media and this is something i haven't had the chance to talk about because i think this took people by surprise in that it feels like Nick Nurse is being especially hard on Precious. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to see why. Like, you know, like earlier you were referring to like his literal doghouse, you know, like, and it's not every day that he calls guys out to the media. Yeah. And, you know, I guess like there have been some inconsistencies in his game. Maybe he's not progressing at the rate that obviously Nick would like, I think maybe he, you know, there are moments where I think precious looks absolutely amazing. And then there's moments where, you know, he, where I'm just like, I don't know if the basketball IQ was there in that moment. That makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. where I'm just not like a huge fan of like whatever decision he's making. Right. And maybe that's the frustrating part about him, but I want to know what did you think about Nick nurse doing that? 
Yeah, I mean, to me, this is one of the things I've been watching for like a couple years now, and I'll try not to go on like too much of a rant here, but oh, baby, um, I <laughs> I really started zeroing in on it um, the year after the championship season, right? So, you know, uh, we're, Nick's like the coach of this like insanely amazing team. You know, it's a crazy year. We win the championship uh, the next year. We're the second best team in the NBA record wise, um, but early on in that year. He calls out Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson real hard uh, in training camp. And um, I think they both had different responses to it. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, Stanley didn't have a great response to it. And I thought Rondé pushed through. Uh And I feel like this is sort of, you know, talking about Tibbs, uh, you know, I think that there's this kind of like tough love thing. and, And I just don't feel like every player you know, it's a personality thing, right? I don't think every player necessarily responds well to that. Um, Nick, you know, the, the major caveat is that Nick is, you know, I don't know, like a, like I, I probably think about things in such a basic sense compared to Nick, you know, and like, he's, he's who he is. And I, who I, I am who I am. Right. Like, uh, and Nick's a basketball genius. So, you know, with that aside, just like, you know, from what I've, uh, you know, seen over the past couple of years, like you have a guy like Chris Boucher, right? He was, you know, in given a lot of tough love by Nick and it seems like he's come out on the other side and, and he's this incredible bench player uh-huh. uh, who's sort of pushed through all that. And maybe that's where precious is going to be. But um, I don't know. I, I definitely think that there, there's a negative side to it. And sometimes there there's, you know, it seems like there's guys uh, who play for Nick Nurse who are looking over their shoulder um, and they're they're waiting to get yanked because, uh, you know, they're they're just they're not playing as confidently uh, as they could. And I also feel like using um, like the media for public call outs, like I think you're kind of playing with fire, to be honest. And I think Nick's really comfortable in his job and like for a reason, right? He's a championship coach. He's won at so many different levels. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows what buttons he's pushing, but as someone who's seen a lot of situations go South in the NBA after a public call out, that's that to me is, you know, it's dicey. Like it's, it's not a, as a fan, it's not something I enjoy. I don't enjoy when a coach goes at a player publicly. I I feel like it's not the best. It's not my way of like, it's not how I enjoy the game. Um, Again, you know, all the caveats that I'm, I'm Freddie Rebus and (laughs) and I don't have an FR hat um, because I'm not made by Nike. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know nothing compared to, you know, I know not, I know nothing Jon Snow compared to Nick. Wow. Well, would you go Freddie Rebus or would you go Freddie Noel Rebus? I think I'd go Freddie Noel Revis. I'd okay, be the triple yeah. in the show. There you know? go. But yeah, uh, uh, sorry, that was my long rant to say that I, I don't like that. It's, no, that's fine. I just want to talk about hats it. now. Okay. Yeah, I'm let's just, talk about hats. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I think it's city um, hats. <laughs> city hats. No, I think it's like a really, you know, I, really, it's a conversation about leadership style, 
right? When you really break it down, it's a conversation about leadership style and this is the type of leader he's chosen to be. And I, I definitely think that as a fan, it is a bit uncomfortable to hear your coach call out a, a player to the media. But I do think that, I do think it's strategic on his part, right? Like he's definitely doing it because he thinks it will help. Now, you know, obviously we have to wait for Precious to like recover and be back on the court to see, you know, how that plays out. Um, So like the timing of that was super unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I, I feel like I I'm on two sides of this where on one side, I'm like, I don't love that he's calling out a young player to the media. I do it. It doesn't match what I would consider my personal leadership style to be. It's not how I personally would handle something like that. But on the other side of it, I I appreciate having a really high bar and refusing to waver from that bar. Like I I think that's the part of it about Nick Nurse that I do still respect very much, even if it is a bit hard as a fan because it's like, we always get attached to our players and our guys and yeah. we just want to see everyone do well. But I appreciate him refusing to waver um, from the very high standards he he holds our team to be. And it is part of what makes the team great. And so sure. I, I definitely don't want to see that ever change. And, you know, we have yet to see if it works. And I hope that, you know, if there is a world where he continues to struggle or, I mean, I didn't even consider him struggling per se, just maybe a bit inconsistent mm-hmm. is how I would put it. If we continue to see inconsistencies in his game when he comes back, you know, I hope Nick Nurse would just figure out a way to like switch it up and not just like bury him on the bench for someone else. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I think I, I could imagine someone like Precious, like hearing what I'm saying and being like, yeah, well, Freddie, you're just soft, and I didn't mind that at all. And it was a turning point in my career, and I was glad that Nick this is the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Like you know, so there's so many things that we just don't get to know about, like how players, sure, yeah. how, who they are, and how they respond to things. Um, and I think your point about having a really high standard is also like a show of respect. So that's that's a part of that too, right? Like you know, um. But, um, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, the, these are the, like, you know, like you said, it's a question of leadership. And I think those are the things that uh, I love to think about as a, as a Raptors fan and analyst. Yeah, same. Um, okay, we're going to wrap this up with our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. And believe it or not, because I am me, I found one. I oh, found yeah. one. And it's not so much, you know, this segment started because I like I loved all like the suits that he wears and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, it's just polos all the time and it kind of sucks. But uh, he is doing his coach's open house. So if you're listening and you coach like a minor league team or something like that, even like an elementary school team, he's doing a summit for people who are coaches and it's November 27th at uh, 9 a.m. At, at Scotiabank. I believe it's free. Um, and you can register and go and, and like ask him like a ton of questions about coaching. And he does this every year. Um, I think for a bit it was virtual, but now it's back in person. 
And if you are somebody who is like qualified and can attend this event, definitely think you should. It's absolutely worth it. I've had friends attend in the past who have told me like how great it is and how like uh, in depth he's willing to get and how, you know, he really like, he really answers your question is what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so I just think it's really cool that he does that. And in a, in a week, in a weird week, it's nice to have something positive to kind of, you know, celebrate with the team there. And I, I definitely think it's a, it's a good opportunity for people. Nick, uh, howdy, Nick teaching people, uh, why, why, you know, uh, you got to think about the macro, not the micro. Yeah, well, you know what? Like clowns Will, like me. Will Hardy of the Utah Jazz is really coming for Nick Nurse's haughtiness. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Before we wrap up, I gotta. You gotta Google Will Hardy. I don't know. Can you, can you also Google Will Hardy age? Because he looks young. Well, young for wow. a coach. Oh yeah, this guy's handsome as hell. <laughs> um, he is. No, the the picture I googled, he has like a smirk. He's got his like eyebrow raise, and there's another picture where he's got that face where he's like, ooh, like one of those. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Okay, I might really have a new crush now. Thirty-four. He's only thirty-four. Yeah. No. Oh my god. He's got to be one of the youngest players in the NBA. Players, coaches, coaches. You said. Oh, players. coaches. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I thought you were starting a sentence like players coaches and i was like oh whoa, whoa. Like, so he was an assistant on, starting scat he is um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm ella fitzgerald um <laughs> yeah so he wow he's only 34 yeah now now i don't know if i love him or if i hate him that's fine that's fine he's 34 well good for him he's a hottie and he's doing really well yeah 34 this is old. I just Googled NBA coaches by age. I want to see who's even close to him. Jeff Van Gundy was really young when he started, but he looked old as hell. <laughs> That's sorry, hilarious. Sorry, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Deadly. Deadly. You're absolutely um, listening, and you're like, wow, wasn't expecting that cheap shot. Oh, uh, Joe, Joe Missoula is 34 years old for Boston Celtics. So they're, they're tied for the youngest guy, oh uh, uh, head coach in the NBA. Just the worst. Yeah. Well, good for them. Good for those young bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36. It's like two years younger than me. I'm like, you young bastards. Oh, I'm not even going to say. All right, Freddie. Thank you so much for joining me on this. We recorded this on a Sunday evening. I mean, you know, we're dedicated here. <laughs> I, I try to be, we're you know, it. I try to be. Uh, Freddie, it, for our uh, for our listeners and not our YouTubers, let us know where people uh, can find you on the Internet. Yeah, check me out on Twitter, uh, you know, or I guess before it turns to Mastodon or whatever the hell. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> at Freddie Revis, F R E double D I E R I V A S. On Insta, I'm Freddie Noel Revis. Uh, and of course, I do my podcast here on Raptors Republic at Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast with my producer, Matt Duncan. Yeah. And uh, for anybody here who enjoys the WNBA or is or is curious about the WNBA, uh, Freddie and I co host a podcast called The Pickup. 
Um, we just won two Canadian podcasting Woo. awards for uh, best sports and best leisure podcasts. So we are, you know, we're climbing up in the world uh, independently. It's available on the Sonar Network. Uh, if you're looking for some WNBA content, we are bi-weekly uh, during the off season. So it's a good time to learn about the league. If that's something you have been wanting to know, definitely check that out. And uh, you can follow me still currently on Inst- uh, on Twitter, at least for now, and on Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I uh, will catch you next time. See y'all. Bye.